0: Why is it so hard to trade Jimmy Butler? How weird was it to see LeBron in a Lakers jersey? Will James help or hurt his young teammate's development? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey, sports fans, Coach Nick here, and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown Podcast. Today, as always, I am joined by... Dave Dufour at Dave Dufour NBA, my partner in crime. We're back. I guess this is sort of like our first, uh, you know, the first season podcast, would you say? Yeah. Uh,
1: it, a lot of people were hitting us up asking if we were going to do previews. I don't know. How do you feel about season preview? <laughs>
0: I don't know. It's like you do a preview, you spend a lot of time and then nothing is accurate because they you know, they get out there in preseason and you realize everything is or you know, I guess it could be accurate, but nonetheless, it feels a lot more accurate when you get to see it in person, you know, in front of your face and go go through it a little bit, you know what I mean?
1: Right. Well, so my thing is Jimmy Butler's going to get traded.
0: Well, and yeah. And that's going
1: to that's going to shift the landscape Well, whatever wherever he goes. So if he goes to Miami, it makes Miami more of a threat. Uh, To be in the top four of the East and he's probably (laughs) losing him is probably going to tank Minnesota's playoff chances So I can't tell you anything Ah,
0: well you uh, did you ask Daryl what's going on there? They're gonna Houston's gonna somehow put together a package for him
1: I have not heard anything that you haven't heard
0: well. Yeah, and the Uh, mistake by the way with that is, is that they When they signed Melo, I know they got him for a really low a really good deal yeah. But it just feels like maybe they could have waited. And, and, you know, we all knew, like I did a podcast in July that Jimmy wanted out and they was, that was probably going to happen. So kind of felt like not that the Mello thing is getting in the way of them trading for Butler because they can't trade him anyway until December or whatever. But um, it just felt like uh, maybe they could have had a little bit more flexibility when you say to somehow get him over to Houston without Mello well, there. I mean,
1: I don't know. I don't know if. Melo really is, is impacting a deal. The the biggest hang up seems to be that Minnesota wants to get P.J. Tucker. So Minnesota is trying to trade Jimmy Butler but get good players in return and, and unfortunately it's just not going to happen. They're going to either get prospects or picks or you know, I mean maybe they get like Eric Gordon who is a very good player but he's not Eric Gordon and P.J. Tucker. I mean, that's a lot for Houston to give up for Jimmy Butler. You think that they would do that? No, I, I think that the hangup right now is is losing P.J. Tucker. And this isn't to say that Jimmy Butler, I mean, he's a top 15 player, right? Like he, that that does make a difference. But for the role that, that those two guys play for Houston and after losing Mbamute and Ariza, I just think that that's too big of a, a, a right. cross to bear for them.
0: Yeah, so the question then is, uh, they they can they get Eric Gordon and somebody else? But the other thing is, he's a top fifteen player. Jimmy Butler is when he's on the floor. Uh, so the other, so that does that mean that he will stay on the floor longer when he plays for Houston versus anywhere else? Well, I'd be very nervous about paying him this max contract.
1: You know, you're looking at a guy who is he's got Tom Thibodeau miles on him and uh, history of knee trouble. He had you know missed uh 17 games down the stretch last year had this uh hand surgery which I think is is not going to be a big deal but the knees really bug me you know because knees are pivotal mm-hmm. to playing basketball so you know you're looking at possibly pay him paying him like 40 million dollars when he's 33 34 and we we've seen these guys they don't age well when they when they have all these you know these crazy loads under Tom Thibodeau. so um you know I I. I think this year and next year, it's probably good value. But man, those last three years would really scare me,
0: for sure. Yeah, and also he's a physical player, so he is involved yeah. in a lot of contact across the board on both sides of the ball. So uh, that is a problem. Even though you know it, it, he would improve anybody that he goes to and, and shift some stuff, like you said. Uh, but again, if he's, if he's not on the floor, then it becomes a problem. And is it would it be a rental for any of these people because he wants to ultimately go. Uh, to... I don't, did he say... Where did he say... Does he want to... I guess Miami was on the list, but I don't know if he wanted to sign there, but where else? The Clippers? Where else the, did he want the, to
1: go? The Knicks, the Clippers, and the Nets were the original three we heard. Mm-hmm. Miami moved up the list. You know, I, I think that it is important to Jimmy Butler to get the five-year max. And, and you know, if you look... So Wiggins got, got a five-year max. Carl Anthony Towns just signed a five-year max. So there's all these rules involved in the CBA. Basically... Precludes him from from getting that five year max in Minnesota, and this has been a sticking point. This is not this is not new. Like you said, you did a podcast in July. You know there were rumblings of this right after the season ended. Um, you know I didn't expect Jimmy Butler to make it past draft night. I, I really thought all this stuff would kind of come to a head sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it looks like Tom Thibodeau has sort of tried to like kick the can down the road. And now it may, you know, from an asset standpoint, it may come back to bite them in the butt because you're you're up against it a little bit as far as your leverage is concerned. Yeah. Um, You know, Jimmy Butler, they've given him permission to skip the media stuff, and I, I think he's just been training by himself uh, during training camp. So, you know, they're mitigating, I guess, the internal uh, strife that you would get from this sort of situation. But the external stuff is there. I mean, you know, they really have... Little leverage. He He's going to be able to walk next summer. I mean, you know, is it is it crazy to think that Jimmy Butler would just say, okay, well, I mean, I guess I'll play and I'll see you next summer. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's not that big a deal. You're going to lose him. And, and, you know, the bigger questions come when you start looking at what Minnesota has done. You know, the guys that they did sign, Wiggins, uh, that contract may be the worst contract in the league right now. Uh, possibly even worse than Noah. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you know, Noah's about to his contracts about to end, whether they buy him out or it expires. So um, and then Carl Anthony Towns just signed a five year supermax. And these are two guys that have shown no, no proclivity to uh, understanding defense, wanting to play defense. Uh, I will say Wiggins does try when he's on the ball, but he is a disaster away from the ball. And Carl Anthony Towns, I mean, God, this sound it, this feels it, it feels mean. He might be one of the laziest, really good players in the league. You know, a uh, friend friend of the breakdown, Mo DeKiel, uh, posted a video where Carl Anthony Towns passes the ball out to the wing to Derrick Rose and goes to repost and, and just barely puts any effort at all into it and mm-hmm. winds up settling
0: for a contested jumper. Um, Well, let me just defend him for one second in the sense that I don't know if it's laziness versus he's simply not developed the most important part of what he needs to develop, which is his legs and the strength down there and the balance. So I don't know who he's training with and that kind of stuff, but we for years now we keep seeing the same kind of leakage of energy and the terrible balance and um, and mechanical movement that uh, he needs to be retrained, and that's that would go a long way in my mind to to helping him at least get closer to like average and go get to a baseline there. So, but and he might just not know, right? They just don't, you know. There's people out there that just don't see the game that way, don't realize what's happening. Yeah, and you could, you know, he's like uh ah, you know, I, I get bumped off of my spots and I'm just not getting there quick enough. I just, you know, they shrug. But it's like, no, you can improve that. Um, and that's, that's kind of frustrating. The one thing I think is also interesting about this whole situation is that with what's going on with the owner, Glenn Taylor sort of wanting to trade Butler and obviously Tibbs not really wanting to trade Butler. The question then becomes, well, who, who leaves first, Thibodeau or Butler? I think they're both on the way out.
1: Uh, and I'm actually I'm surprised that Tom Thibodeau hasn't hasn't already been fired. I mean, I guess there's what uh, 24 million dollars left on that contract, and I don't think that uh, Glenn Taylor, from my understanding, Glenn Taylor doesn't want to pay that right. money to I think, uh, have have him not coach.
0: Right. Glenn Taylor might also be worried about obstruction of justice. <laughs> oh no, I'm sorry, that's, the <laughs> that's wrong. That's a different that's the wrong firing. Okay.
1: Yeah, but no, but uh, I, I think that Glenn Taylor really doesn't want to pay that money. Uh, for a coach that's not coaching his team, but you've you've completely neutered his, uh, Tom Thibodeau's ability to be any sort of deal broker because you've undermined him now yeah. multiple times. I mean, remember the the Wiggins contract that wasn't Tom Thibodeau, that was the owner. You know, it was Wiggins promising that he was going to improve and and try harder in defense, and you know, okay, so here's your five year max and. You know, I think that when you hire a guy to do a job, you should let him do a job. And and I've actually been defending Tom Thibodeau. He's been okay. I mean, I I would argue he's been a better executive than he has a coach in the in the first two years there. Uh, getting Jimmy Butler and making the playoffs that that's important. Like those are those that's a milestone thing. Like this this franchise hadn't been in the playoffs for like 15 years, and he got him there in year two. It's a big deal. Now. There are some shortcomings, but those are shortcomings of Tom Thibodeau, the coach. You know, everyone likes to make the Timber Bulls sort of comments, but he's, you know, he's made some good gambles. Uh Taj was really good for them. I I like the Jimmy Butler move. Um, you know, I I think Derek Rose at at the the contract that he got, did he play too much? Absolutely. But did he contribute enough to to warrant the value of his minimum contract absolutely i mean i think it was it was fine and and plenty of coaches want guys that are familiar with what they do like we see this all the time so this is, it's nothing really weird um so i think he's getting a little bit of a bad rap this isn't to say that that getting a guy like jimmy butler who is not exactly the greatest locker room presence on a young team. Uh, I'm not going to say it's not partially Tom Thibodeau's fault that, it, that it's fallen apart. But at the same time, I mean, he did get Jimmy Butler, and he did get them to the playoffs. So
0: Yeah, and also what's interesting, someone deserves credit. I said this before, but uh, you know, whether or not um, it, it goes on Tibbs, but you know the 27th-ranked defense— in the West, and got That's to the playoffs. Um, you know, right. somebody did something there. With, you know, they had a fourth-ranked offense, I believe, so that that yeah. helped. But there's, I mean, again, like I said this before, there's just no way uh, without any without significant improvement, you're going to make the playoffs two years in a row in the West with uh, that kind of defense. So, how the Wolves managed to find success last year is a bit of a mystery, much like the stock market is for most people. But it doesn't have to be that way anymore. There's an app called Robinhood, and it's perfectly named since they strive to make financial services work for everyone, not just the wealthy. Their investing app lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. It's so easy to use, you can place a trade in just four taps on your phone. Their web platform lets you create stock collections so you can group stocks together like the 100 most popular entertainment stocks or categories like female CEOs. You can learn by doing with Robinhood all while tracking your favorite companies with a personalized newsfeed and custom notifications so you'll never miss the right moment to invest. Best of all, Robinhood is giving all my listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. Sign up at breakdown.robinhood.com. That's breakdown.robinhood.com. And you can get started investing with one of the easiest platforms to use, Robinhood. But let's talk a little bit about uh, the defense. Well, actually, of first let's go with the offense of the Lakers because I think everybody wants to hear about that. We had a debut of... LeBron James in L.A., actually playing in San Diego, but wearing a Lakers jersey—very strange looking. It didn't look real in a way. Although we had his, he did open the game before the tip, with you know doing his his usual um, adjusting his uh, inside of his jersey thing that he does all the time. So that was sort of like reassuring—he's still doing all those little things. But um, what was your first impression so far of LeBron in a Lakers jersey?
1: Well, I, you know, you could tell he was really feeling it out uh, I would say last night, he wasn't as assertive as, as we have normally seen him. I, you know, really dominating the basketball, like, like we've grown accustomed to over the last four years while, while he was in Cleveland. Um, with that being said, I mean, he did, he, he's LeBron James. He's, He's the best player in basketball. And you know, uh, when he's on the court, like you can't help but have your eyes gravitate toward him. I'm a lot more interested in what the guys were doing around him. Um, and his effect on the team. I just don't think it's been long enough to really make any sort of snap judgment. I mean, they've had, been in training camp for a week. I know they were playing pickup before that. But, you know, you could tell. They 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 haven't worked out all the bugs.
0: Right. Well, let's let's go through some of the numbers real quick while we have the box score up here. So LeBron played 15 minutes. They're not going to obviously wear him out at all in the preseason. And, you know, two for six, nine points. He did nail two threes, and those look really good. They look um,
1: great. What's that? It's the best. This is the best I've seen him shoot to three in his career.
0: Yeah. And then from a rhythm standpoint, just so a real good flow, he's not hanging in the air. It's all nice, nice process. So we'll see how that continues. Uh, three rebounds, three assists. So he's going to, he filled up the box score in a very little bit amount of time. Um, you know, there's some interesting things that we saw. So I think LeBron and Brandon Ingram seem to have a nice chemistry going. He set him up for a few ba- buckets off of cuts. And Ingram then was able to hit a nice turnaround fadeaway that was not easy, but off of, uh, you know, the LeBron high post entry. So we're seeing a lot of what we like about LeBron. A couple things. Uh, high post touches where he can now facilitate, which is I would like to see. And that, that should really help guys like Ingram. Um, and we're seeing him set some screens even. Where uh, other guys are going to get space. Yeah. I mean, and he's a really good screen setter. Yeah. He, he does just doesn't it. do it enough. He just doesn't do it. Yeah. But but you never know. Like he looked, I mean, If he's willing to do it a couple times in a preseason game in 15 minutes, then that to me seems like, okay, their offense is going to get them doing stuff out of that action. I would hope he would see that he's smart enough to realize that that is a viable thing. Because I think obviously our worry is that he's going to stifle Ingram. He's going to stifle Ball. He's going to stifle Kuzma. They're not going to be able to you know, do what they need to do or, or, or develop. But um, what did you think about that with Kuzma, with what you saw? Uh, well, Kuzma
1: was – Chucking. I mean, that dude was, I mean, he, phew, that's an ultraviolet green light, you know, and uh, he was definitely taking it. Um, you know, again, it, it's, it's the first preseason game, and uh, I think that he'll settle in. But you could tell Kuzma had made it a personal goal to try to assert himself as a scorer. And I mean that's what he is, I, and and they're gonna need that, you know. I don't I don't think Rondo is gonna give that to him, so they're gonna need Kuzma, and and you know most likely I, I I guess that they will wind up with this starting lineup. Um, maybe Lonzo Ball goes in for Rondo, um, but uh, I think that this will probably wind up being their starting lineup to start the season. And I think you need a guy like Kuzma coming off the bench and being assertive. Let's let's hope he's a little bit more efficient. And, oh um, yeah.
0: Well, he was out of control. Like he had a, the, his turnovers were really bad. Like yeah. just trying to do too much, going too fast. Um, but speaking of the speed, that was one thing that struck me was how fast they were getting up the court. And guess who? Even LeBron was was involved in this and really just getting the rebound and just pushing it. Um, that's going to be an issue for other teams if if they can get LeBron and Rondo and then the ball gets in there, pushing the ball up quick like that. Like yeah. I, I think that that's you know it's going to be like Showtime.
1: Well, and JaVale McGee. Let's not forget, JaVale McGee is a, a, a freak, like, athletically. Mm-hmm. He, he is really fast, and, and in particular, compared to other traditional fives. I mean, Jokic is slow in comparison, and JaVale beat him down the court every single time. And, you know, he's going to have a bunch of guys out there that can throw lobs to him, whether it's Rondo or Ball or, or LeBron or, um, you know, I mean, even Ingram is actually a pretty good passer. So, you know, I, I think that that's something that's being overlooked a little bit. We saw him get a few lobs last night, just out of nowhere, and then oh, and he LeBron, blew one that he should have yeah. had
0: nineteen points. It was like right yeah. at the rim. All he had to do is drop it through. So we'll see those too.
1: Yeah, those, but those LeBron Rondo minutes where you had two high IQ, high level passers—that was some beautiful stuff, man. They really did have some nice ball movement, and it was—it was actually unfortunately there wasn't a lot of body movement (laughs) the ball was really doing the work and you've got these two great passers but i think that that what you're going to find is as the season goes along and i would guess by you know christmas maybe maybe even as late as the all-star break but probably by christmas these younger guys are going to learn okay i need to cut i need to time my cuts for this, because this is how Rondo wants to get it to me, or yes. this is how LeBron wants to get it to me. I mean, these two are the best passers in NBA history. Yeah, so they they're going to get these guys open. Um,
0: and, and one so. thing I did say about uh, see about uh, the cutting was it, it is a bit rough. Like their offense was not really clicking. They had guys right. cutting into space where they shouldn't have been. But they did it with conviction like that's where they, were th- they thought they were supposed to go. But they were running yeah. right into somebody else who was cutting there. Uh, but so And then Ingram certainly should be the beneficiary. I'd imagine his cuts go up. He should be that guy. Kuzma doesn't do it as much. Uh, and he would be so much better cutting through the lane, getting those little dump-offs from LeBron off of a post-up or something. Because he could finish those better. You're right. If he's going to start to do ISO and be the man as a second unit, like I don't know if that's the best look for him. But um, here's another thing, interesting thing. They tried playing Kuzma at center, and yeah. that didn't go so well. Uh, are, we, are we ready to talk about defense? Because are we done with the offense? Or
1: Yeah, I think, you know, <laughs> again, I don't know how, how in-depth you can get over, over this uh, first preseason oh, game. Oh, yeah.
0: come on. We, everything is clear in the preseason, the first preseason <laughs> game. But that I mean, said, uh, by the, the way, that. like you mentioned really quickly, the Rondo and LeBron thing, which was another really big question, right? How is that going to work? Um, as of now, it looks like I, I think it's probably a testament to Luke Walton, where you know Rondo it did not work, and you would have I would have been able to tell you before Rondo got to Dallas, for instance, it would never have worked because Rick Carlisle likes to call every single offensive possession right. that's too oppressive for Rondo. But with what what Luke appears to be doing at least offensively is so much more freedom just to play. That that should be that should allow Rondo and LeBron to find that a, a nice balance of when they can do it. Uh, and you mentioned that you know not a lot of body movement. You know LeBron is clearly not going to be a moving body in the offense. Well, we'll I, see. I, I don't see. I see him, him making that pass, play. kind of standing up on top and doing what he's always done recently. Sure. You know he's not going to be doing a lot of those cuts through really, lane. I don't think. I mean, unless somehow Rondo can get him inspired, uh, we'll see. But that that seems to me like that's the one thing I don't know if we're going to see a lot of. It, it might not matter.
1: Yeah, it might not. Um, You know, I I think that uh, Rondo, last night, I I think we kind of saw what Rondo's going to do. And and you can see it's sort of the path for Lonzo Ball if he's going to actually be mentored by Rondo. If if Rondo's going to – if they're going to do like a little bit of like, you know, (laughs) mimic mimicry, right? Like so we're going to have the same type of point guard out there at all times. The only issue is that Lonzo is not as great – as Rondo is with the ball in his hands. I mean, it, you know, like actually penetrating the defense and and finding cutters on the move like that. I think Lonzo's great at hit aheads and he's he's awesome operating up around the wing and and being that secondary passer or or having hockey assists, but he's not he's not going to penetrate the defense and and find a cutter. You know, I, I just don't think that that's part of his game. I'm sure that they want it to be. Right. I'm sure that's the goal. So, yeah, right,
0: I, yeah, I think he'll
1: I've got a Michael Beasley take.
0: Oh, okay. Let's do the Michael Beasley take, and then we'll then we'll go into the defense because I have some interesting insights into that.
1: Michael Beasley is a center. Oh, you you saw this last night. Michael Beasley actually did a pretty good job while he was out there protecting the rim, rotating over as a helper. Um, Michael Beasley, I think he's going to get a lot of minutes as their as their kind of de facto five, and, and I mean. A lot of minutes. I don't know. I mean, he played six last night, so we'll see. But, but I think he's going to wind up playing quite a bit. You brought up Kuzma. I think Kuzma may wind up being the backup five. Yeah. In a sense. Right. Uh, because Zubac, as much as I like Zubac's game internationally, I think we saw last night. He he's just he, you know, he worked on his body this summer. He's just not there physically. It's not. It's just not. He's not suited for the NBA.
0: And I know what that feels like—that feeling where you don't belong, lack confidence, lack energy. I'm looking at a picture of me from just five years ago, and I'm thinking, "Damn, did I look young? What happened? I've got wrinkles. My skin looks dry, and I'm slowly realizing soap and water isn't going to cut it for my face. A great way to fight the aging process is to visit FourHims.com, a one-stop shop for skincare, hair loss, and sexual wellness. For men, HIMS Anti-Aging Kit is a custom prescription cream tailored to your skin that will reduce the appearance of wrinkles and fine lines And guess what? It's not a secret It's called Tretinoin and it keeps your skin firm and looking young Best of all, you don't have to pay a fancy dermatologist to get it HIMS connects you with doctors online who will evaluate your skin needs and prescribe you a custom anti-aging treatment just take a couple of pictures and answer a few questions. It's your skin. Do you want to be a face in the crowd or the face in the crowd? Order now and save $20 off your first month of the HIMSS anti-aging kit. Lock in those looks now and get your first month of anti-aging for 20 bucks off. Go to 4 CoachSC. That's 4HIMSS.com coach S.C. As far as like his his uh, physical gifts, let's put it out. Yeah, it, it's weird though because we've seen in the last, like I think two years ago, we've seen evidence where he could do well in that, you know, not quite in that uh, um, Jokic mold, but certainly like nice little jump hooks around the lane and floaters and he had touch and he could catch. Uh, you know I would he's imagine they could th- throw him out there and, and do that and let you know let those guys penetrate and dump it to me dunk and you know that stuff I, I, right. I, it's still a little bit confounding to me why it's an issue
1: so he doesn't stretch the floor at all and he's not the passer Jokic is so right. a lot of the threat with Jokic and Jokic can put it on the floor actually right. so um, he doesn't have those parts of his game but you know I, I watched him in the in the uh, World Cup qualifiers and he looks good against certain international competition and I, you know I would like to see him, and I said this, I I would like to see him get a chance to play some, just so you know. But, like, I saw him last night. I mean, he just didn't look like he belonged on the floor.
0: Yeah, I hear you. Well, you know, maybe he just needs to continue to get his feet wet and get used to it, and that'll that'll jog something. But let's move on to the defense, because there's something I noticed watching all the scores by the Nuggets last night. And who knows, maybe it's just, like, early preseason. They haven't put everything in yet, but they're not switching. They're, they're making a concerted effort not to switch, like, anything. And it was awful. And they got hit for... Uh, In the first quarter, uh, 34 points. In the second quarter, 32. And there wasn't even a lot of highlights. I was tweeting it out during the game, like a lot of the Lakers stuff, because there were some fun highlights and good buckets. But, you know, it was like backdoor dunk, uh, mid-range jumper wide open, uh, helping one pass away. So the defense, to me, is really concerning. And I know, again, it's a preseason game, so we're not going to see LeBron, uh, you know, really give out. But we haven't seen him give out anyway in the regular season for a while. We know that LeRondo doesn't want to give out. But if their philosophy, the underlying philosophy, is not to switch uh i think they're they're gonna get roasted every night uh yeah it could be
1: an issue and and they're gonna have to do a better job of defending the three-point line um you know like actually running guys off the line uh the nuggets took 37 threes and and that's probably about where they're gonna average for the season but it just felt like i mean you know like a couple of these off the dribble threes it was it was almost uncontested Mm -hmm. um you know again it's it's the first game of preseason. Uh, but this was a concern that you and I had. The, the Lakers last season actually defended pretty well. Um, when you add a guy like LeBron, is he going to play defense? Because we saw last year he didn't play defense until the playoffs. Right. Or maybe, maybe March. Um, but, I mean, he, he actively tanked sometimes on defense up until the trade deadline when, you know, half the team was traded away. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm curious if this team is going to be good enough to be able to carry him on the defensive end. Will Rondo be able to play defense? Now, here's what I'll say. Lonzo Ball is a fantastic defender. Yeah. Uh, Caldwell Pope is fine. Um, Brandon Ingram is okay. Uh, JaVale McGee is going to protect the rim. Um, Kuzma is not a good defender, but if he's going to play the five, maybe he's going to be okay. Um, Uh, (laughs) I know. I, I know. know. It, it's going it's going to be it's going to be tricky. Um, but I think LeBron is going to have to defend for this team to to be able to to do anything. And, I mean, this isn't to say that they won't their offense won't click, but this is not some kind of offensive power, powerhouse like the, you know, the Cavs team from 2 years ago right. or the Nuggets team that they just played, you know. Yeah. So the Nuggets are not going to be a great defensive team, but they're going to be one of the three best offenses, four best offenses in the league. That's what it takes in order to to take a bottom five or bottom 10 defense, you know, far in the playoffs. So um, yeah. I, I just don't think L.A. is going to have that.
0: Right. And, I, and I'm just worried, like, if that's going to be the underlying theory, everyone's moving. I'm actually doing a video on this. Everyone's moving towards switching. certainly the pick and rolls and then uh, using scramble defense and pre-switching to adjust mm-hmm. to defend that better. If they're gonna like you know sit there and be trying to like fight over and, and not switch, it's gonna be um, a, a problem. I just feel like in this day and age, the way this is going, if you don't switch that and then deal with the mismatch after the fact, then you're going back to what made this pick and roll so great, you know, uh, 50 years ago uh, when people didn't switch and it just it collapsed the defense and got uh, you know guys going downhill. So uh, the, you know, we can't compare last year's 12th ranked defense, which is great. It's a testament to Luke Walton and their and their coaching uh it, it, it's just not the same team there's hardly any players back from that team uh but like maybe you said that the, the bones were there like obviously they did something last year philosophically that gave them you know the opportunity with not a very good team at all to be a decent defensive team so maybe that'll click but we'll see keep your eye on that uh, well, as we move forward i i'm gonna tell you right now the most important guy that they need back is lonzo
1: ball because of his defense and the offensive stuff is what it is he struggled to score last year. He, you know, he struggled as a shooter. He did show some improvement before he had some injury stuff. He was twenty-first out of ninety-one point guards in ESPN's real plus-minus. Yeah, right. Like and, and as a rookie, that's yeah. that's actually good. Like the one thing that I will give some of the Lakers fans and and even some of the the, the writers that are also Lakers fans, um, they while they overrate his offense or what it will be, you know, like anytime you're looking into the future, we don't know. Um, They've been dead on about his defense. Something I I actually predicted when he was coming out in in the draft, you know, he's got all the tools. He's got the size. He's a, he's a smart team defender that really cares about the team concept. This is why we, we like him as an offensive player, because I do think his passing is infectious and, and you're going to get even more ball movement. And, you know, I I do think Lonzo is going to be really important for this team. Now, does having a second-year player be that important for your team? Like, what does that, what does that say about your team? Mm-hmm. That's a whole another conversation. But I do think when they get Lonzo back, we'll see a little bit better defense. I, I agree with you, though. They're going to have to switch or they're going to get killed.
0: Yeah. So we'll see. Uh and then let's you know, I'd be remiss if we didn't even really say the word Josh Hart because uh we didn't mention him at all and he's another solid defender uh and he's just good. He's a great guy to have off the bench come in there and just sort of plug holes whatever you need out there. So mm-hmm. they have they have the bones. They have a thing. I, I can see this team making the playoffs. Uh you know, they can do it, but again, um you know, when you start looking at who's going to drop down that made it last year, uh it's 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 not it's it's hazy.
1: Well, so you know, if you th- so I think Minnesota is probably not going to make the playoffs this year.
0: Okay, well that's your prediction. Denver,
1: I think Denver takes their spot.
0: Okay, well then the Lakers okay. got to take uh, the, the the Blazers spot. I, I think know. the Bla- I think the okay. Blazers
1: are the team that's going to drop out, and I think the Lakers have a good shot. I think they're going to be in that six to nine range. You know, okay. uh, a- again, this is a ball all about LeBron James. If they did not add LeBron James, this is a thirty five win team again. Right. You know. Oh, sure. um, but LeBron, you know, you got to give him the LeBron bump.
0: Absolutely. And by the way, uh, shout out to we, we got a hashtag Lonzo effect uh, tweet to me last night. So uh, we, we'll see if we can uh, get back to those those dark days or fun days, whatever you want to call them. But either way, Dave, thanks for coming on the show. We really appreciate you breaking this down. Really good stuff. And uh, we'll have to find out how this plays out as uh, we actually get into the real games. Yeah, it felt like preseason for us, too. (laughs) Our offense is a little shaky. Yeah, right. All right, we'll work on some plays for the next one. But don't go anywhere, sports fans. We'll be back again. Uh, I'll probably do another one this week. So stay tuned and get all your notifications lined up so you get it fresh and hot. And thanks for coming on the show, Dave. And don't forget, sports fans, that B-Ball Breakdown, we're not a channel. We're a conversation. You in? Are you in, Dave? Yes, I am.